0: Here it is. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chouse, welcoming you back to another episode. Week 5 is officially underway. We have Thursday Night Football between the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we dive into that, let's discuss uh, for a minute what's happened uh, recently when it comes to COVID-19 and the NFL. So the Tennessee Titans are the in the league doghouse right now because they... Uh, basically went away from the protocols. The league did some investigating, and it was said that they were holding practices, individual practices between players uh, uh, after positive tests were confirmed. Um, That totally is a no-no for the NFL as they had told them everyone needed to isolate themselves in hopes that tests would be coming back negative. That way the weeks can continue. So now this week's game with the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans was also in jeopardy. Uh, The NFL has already pushed that back and rescheduled it to Tuesday so it will not be played on Sunday it will be played on Tuesday hopefully fingers crossed uh, we did hear that the league uh, uh, showed Tennessee had no positive cases today as in Friday so hopefully that trend continues and and football will be played. I mean, uh, this is a big one. This is a big one. They they completely. Uh, um, this would be two weeks. I mean, they completely uh, didn't follow what they were supposed to follow in terms of the protocol to continue this league forward without having these problems. I think last I saw was twenty four positive cases on the Tennessee Titans. That is players and staff. So I mean, big outbreak happened in their in their facility. Um, so we'll see what happens if they get. I believe multiple days of no positive tests then they should be good to go to open up the practice field minus the players that are still in that COVID um, protocol so a big mess the Tennessee Titans have created for the league and for themselves as as creating another bye week for them would be uh, virtually impossible if you're not adding an 18th week for them uh, for the season which would uh, essentially push back the playoffs so I mean it's not something the NFL desperately wants to do but I mean they're going to try their best to make it happen because they said they want football and that's what we got so we'll see so the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos also has been pushed back to Monday night football there will be another Monday night doubleheader this week simply because of uh, Stefan Gilmore and Cam Newton Cam Newton's still in the protocol as well uh, Stephon Gilmore tested positive earlier in the week week. Haven't heard much uh, rumor on him. Um, Obviously, he won't be playing on Monday, but I heard today as well that uh, both New England and uh, uh, I I don't think they were really testing Denver for this uh, 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 situation, but I mean, New England has also uh, come back with negative tests, which should Uh, put the game on Monday as scheduled, as rescheduled. So, I mean, that's good news all around from that front as well. So, fingers crossed for the Bills-Titans. Hopefully, we get another day of no positive tests, and that game should happen on Tuesday. So, we will have Thursday night, Sunday Sunday full day and Sunday night Monday night double header and then football on Tuesday so what that does to the Bills game on Tuesday is it pushes that now the between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills which should have been played week 6 Thursday night will now get pushed to Sunday so essentially the Bills and the and the Chiefs lose a primetime showdown um, on live uh, national TV and and I mean that sucks for Buffalo fans because this was a game that everyone was uh, gearing up to see so I mean lots of things still have to, to happen to make everything work but so far so good another one we did see is the New York Jets and the Arizona Cardinals that game was in jeopardy as well as a New York Jet member had tested positive for COVID-19 as well However, it did come back today. Uh, I believe the test positive was on a Thursday, and it came back today on a Friday saying uh, the test was a false positive. So that's also very good news, as that game should be going uh, full ahead. And I heard uh, they did delay the Arizona Cardinals' plane because they are traveling to New York, and, and they should be there. I believe they left a few hours later than what they should have. But, I mean, hey, man, false positive. I'm okay with it. Uh, that way, no games will be missed. Fantasy football managers were scrambling at the bit as we could have had six teams uh, this week uh, on the essentially on the bye, so that would have messed up a lot of things. But fingers crossed, like I said, hopefully uh, no more positive cases. Everyone takes this a little more seriously. Um, it is 16 weeks. I mean, I said it on the other show. Granted, I am not in their circle. I am not uh, 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 playing the game, but, I mean, it's 16 weeks. You get paid handsomely to play the game i mean it's 16 weeks what 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 else can i say i understand you know you want to go out you want to have fun you want to party you're millionaires Completely understand, but I mean, you know, for the betterment of the game, uh, for the fans, uh, for even the players, I mean, you won't get paid if you don't play. So I think that's the stance the NFL took, and they were pretty strong on that. So, like I said, 16 weeks, you know, tough it out. Uh, it, it, everybody's having a really crappy 2020 as it is anyway, but uh, hopefully the, this week won't get derailed, and so far, so good. So, moving on to Thursday Night Football, the recap we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears, like I mentioned. Tom Brady going up against Nick Foles for the first time since he lost the Super Bowl when Foles was with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know he wants some revenge on that. Now he's playing with Tampa Bay in his new digs. They travel to Chicago. I picked Tampa Bay to win this contest. Uh, They were favored by three points. I had them uh, last time I had the spread, and I took them, And, and, and for good reason. I mean, yes, the injuries are piling up for Tampa Bay. You know, they didn't have uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, Scotty Miller was hampered. Leonard Fournette was an injury. Uh, he, He dressed, but he was an emergency running back only um and, and i mean mike evans was again less than less than 100 so you definitely had bodies not there oj howard has gone for the season with an achilles so they definitely were uh, had to use somebody else and who, who did they use tyler johnson i was ecstatic when i saw him on the field he finished the game four catches for 61 yards and i mean if you guys don't know tyler johnson i mean go back and see my work i have it on social media my scouting reports i i've basically fell in love with this guy when it came to his uh, play on the field. Minnesota product. He's a great body type, strong hands, snags the ball extremely well, uh, Well, very good balance. He's a strong route runner, great double move. He wins contested catches, and that's what was so positive about his game. You know, once he gets off the line, he, he makes his routes, and he if, if there's a jump ball, he's coming down with it more often than not. He's got that juke. He's got second gear, breakaway speed, but my question for him was always, off the line speed. His release is, is, is decent, but I mean, it's, it's the burst. He's something missing on that line, which uh, uh, can be seen when you're trying to get that quick out. I think that's where he kind of fails. If, if he can improve upon that, I mean, there's sky's the limit for this kid. My NFL comp for him was Juju Smith-Schuster, which is high praise, I understand. But when you saw him play on Thursday night, you can see. You can totally see how that uh, uh, pertains to his game. He is a stud, absolute stud. And, I mean, once he starts to play uh, with extended snaps, you're going to see. I mean, it's going to be Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Tyler Johnson. And that's going to be one of the best trios in the entire NFL, no questions about it. So, when this, when it came down to this game, I mean, we did see something a little bit different. I mean, the the Buccaneers, they did look a little bit soft. I mean, they started strong 10-0 in the first then they kind of took their pedal off the metal, you know, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. And you gotta give credit where it's due. Chicago did make adjustments properly to start to give bring more pressure on Tom Brady. We know this, okay? And this was my biggest thing after this contest was done. So the final score was Chicago 20, Tampa Bay 19. And 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 if you watch this game, or if you didn't, let me let me inform. So the reason why I was so confused why Ta- uh, Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay this offseason was because he's not a mobile quarterback. He's 43 years old. He requires uh, uh, extensive protection to at least give him time to dissect and and and, and see where he's going to throw the ball. Tampa Bay's offensive line is is far from uh, excellent. And, and it showed. When you go up against a good, solid front seven like the Chicago Bears, they still got Khalil Mack. They got Raquan Smith. I mean, you got rushers that are going to come at you. They got uh, uh, Robert Quinn. I'm not sure if he played in that contest. But this is, this is what you have on your defensive line. And when you have an offensive line that really isn't up to par, you get exposed. And that's exactly what we had saw or what we saw. Tom Brady was sacked three times. Um, and he was under duress basically the entire evening. And as the after the second quarter, after they got up to that 10-point lead, you could see the change in the game. So Ronald Jones ran extremely well. I was impressed. I mean, I was a Ronald Jones naysayer. He ran 17 times for 106. He was targeted five times, but he, he can't really catch. So that's, that's the big problem for Tom Brady as well. He requires the assistance of a great pass-catching running back to take the pressure off when the pressure is getting too deep. We didn't see a screen pass in that entire game, and for good reason. I mean, they could have done it with Keyshawn Vaughn. I was totally expecting Keyshawn to have a much bigger role in this contest, and I'm, I'm shocked that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady didn't discuss this on the sidelines when the pressure continued to come. And, and Tom Brady, at this point, I believe I saw the stat, he's only completed one pass over 20 yards so far this season. That is baffling and staggering to me when you have the talent on this team. Is it baffling because Tom Brady doesn't have the arm strength anymore? No, we knew this. This is the problem. So you you have to tailor this offense around him to what makes him successful. Okay. And, 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 I don't know. I, I really didn't like how Tampa Bay was playing. They didn't adjust. Bruce Arians, to me, uh, he really gets in his own way sometimes. And, and and it really, really derails the entire overall outlook of this team. As for Chicago, I was a little bit more impressed. I mean, Allen Robinson is a beast. Nobody can say different to me anymore. I mean, he has proven it year after year with subpar quarterbacks. Could you literally imagine this man on a club who has a solid passer on the team. Like could you see him on a team like Houston with Deshaun Watson? I think that would change everything for that club as well. Allen Robinson with with Nick Foles went 10 catches for 90 yards. 90 yards yes he was responsible Allen Robinson was for that interception falls through because he did this, this weird hop where his legs kind of kicked the ball up and and uh, I believe it was Carlton Davis that, that took the ball away but it, this is the offense that you do have you have talent on this offense David Montgomery yes still continues to struggle running the ball but I don't really necessarily put that all on him the 2.9 uh, 2.9 yards per carry going up against uh, one of the best defenses in the league in Tampa Bay I mean I don't hate that whatsoever but again the the secondary help, this, this young kid Mooney, he's coming up. He only had two for 15, but he's looking very solid, like his game as well. And I mean, uh, there was one point in this game, I guess I'll highlight before I move on, is when it was fourth and one and they were down inside the red zone, I believe. It was around the 20-yard line. And I was shocked that it was late in the game. I was shocked that Tampa Bay wouldn't go for that. Tom Brady is Mr. Automatic on the QB sneak from uh, fourth and short, third and short. This is what he did in, in New England uh, for how long of his career? They didn't go for it. Bruce Arians uh, uh, elected to kick the field goal, and it cost them. Because at that point, if you would have scored a touchdown, you would have forced Nick Foles to drive the field to win the game by scoring a touchdown of his own. And and you didn't let that happen. You didn't make that happen. And I thought that was a big mistake by Bruce Arians. I thought the coaching definitely was a uh, uh, subpar from him on many occasions. And then on top of that, you had Tom Brady believing um, fourth down was third down. He was looking at the sideline saying, wait a second, I still got one more. He put up four fingers and, and and I mean the, the game was already over by then. So clearly communication is sorely lacking on this club. Um, they're trying to build the chemistry and it's just not there yet. Um, with the amount of injuries that they do have, it is a little bit concerning moving forward. But, I mean, that was that game. So, we'll move on to Sunday and Monday. Let's see what we got here on the board. We have the Carolina Panthers going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Panthers are 2-2. Two and two, Falcons are 0-4. Oh this is ridiculous. We've talked about the Falcons' dismay uh, this entire season, starting with what happened in, with the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, it just continues. It continues. They got completely derailed by the Packers on Monday night. The Falcons did, and they're they're shells of what they used to be. They have never recovered from that Super Bowl loss. That the the Patriots came back, and it's it's basically built into their DNA that they can blow a lead at any point. And and Pat Quinn, the head co or uh, Dan Quinn, the head coach, said, uh, um, "Give us one more opportunity with a lead, and we'll show you that we won't give it up." And I mean, damage is already done. I mean, this is this is how I feel with this club, Julio. Jones is hobbled with a hamstring injury. They're saying he could play, which I find astounding. I don't see that happening. I think even if he does, he will be a decoy. So fantasy football, definitely watch for that one. I would not play Julio this week, even if he suits up. Matt Ryan going up against the Carolina Panthers is an interesting matchup. Uh, this panthers defense is definitely on the rise I was a, a big uh, uh, disapprover of this defense as they lost so much in free agency but this youngster they have on the defensive line the rookie they drafted I, his name evades me apologies uh, please but I mean he is uh really making things happen he is he has turned around that defensive front and this defensive line is playing. 10 times better than they were even two weeks ago. No question. They are playing lights out on that line. They're making it very difficult for you to run the ball. And, and I mean, Atlanta's not very good at running the ball anyway. I mean, Todd Gurley had a decent week last week. Um, but, I mean, he's not the same player either. So, Atlanta's going to have to manufacture some form of offense to get past this club. It's going to be very difficult, in my opinion. As for Carolina, I mean... I am uh, starting, I'll start basically everybody that uh, is of value. DJ Moore, I think, has a very good game. I think Robbie Anderson has a good game. Uh, Mike Davis, obviously, filling in for CMC. If, If Christian McCaffrey was in this game, it would have been lights out. For sure, no question. Because this Atlanta defense can't stop a cold. They literally can't. Every team is forcing the Falcons to beat them with points offensively because the defense just can't cut it. And I feel bad for Matt Ryan. As uh, uh, I mean in the past, you could tell every single season this is perhaps the worst defense I've ever seen him have uh, in his tenure in Atlanta. Uh, The Falcons are still favored by two and a half points. I think I took them in this game simply because they're at home and they are 0-4 and this is desperate inspiration mode and we'll see how they play they have to change up a lot of stuff Um, but I, I, I fully expect Atlanta's offense to come out strong at home um teddy bridgewater though has impressed me i've been a a, a a naysayer of his as well so i mean we'll see what he does as he's been playing very well these last couple weeks but that should be an interesting contest next one i have is the cincinnati Bengals going up against the baltimore ravens in baltimore i am staying away from basically everyone on uh cincinnati's offense this week for fantasy football maybe tyler boyd Perhaps we do play Joe Mixon, I mean, but that's a very big-time cautionary start uh, simply because this Baltimore Ravens defense is for real. They, they, They stop and stifle all running backs. They don't give a lot up in the pass game. So, I mean, when it comes to Joe Burrow, this is a big test for him. I'm excited to see how he does this. I mean, he got his first win last week, um, or the week prior. No, last week, he got his first victory against the Jaguars and and he still looks good. He looks he looks like the legit real deal so far this season. He's got eleven hundred and twenty-two yards and six touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's played extremely well. But what I like to see from last week translate to this week is that integration of Joe Mixon in the past game. This is what you need to be doing all the time. Um, Joe Mixon to me is is like a Le'Veon Bell. He is. He is basically the same player. Great patience. Um, you know, he can catch the ball. He's a great runner. His yards per carry are being. Uh, uh looked at as as that's his fault, but I, I really do believe it is part of the subpar offensive line. I think that's the, the biggest issue for Joe Mixon AJ Green to me, I have no idea what's going on. Is he done? Uh, is he washed or is he, you know, uh, the chemistry still isn't there? Because at this point, you can't start him with confidence whatsoever. And 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 perhaps maybe they utilize him in this game, but I'm not holding my breath whatsoever. Um at this point, I think I saw the Ravens are favored by 12 points, 12 and a half points. I'm still taking the under simply because the Ravens have uh, unimpressed me so far this season with their lack of run game. I, I, I'm baffled with this as well. Last year, I mean, I said it on previous shows, last year they ran the ball 596 times. This year it's it's way under that projected rate. And, you know, players like uh, Mark Ingram, the rookie J.K. Dobbins, they're not touching the ball near enough in both the run and the pass game. You're trying to make Marquise Hollywood-Brown be something he's not he's the field stretcher he's the field burner if his game uh, uh changes and grows where he can actually run those intermediate routes to perfection then great but don't force the issue i mean if it's not there it's not there we saw it versus the kansas city chiefs lamar jackson 97 yards passing this is not the game that you play baltimore and if you're not careful well i'm not going to go that far they're they're going to win this game i i do believe they will joe burrow will give him a run for their money he will kill the spread late in my opinion um um, but but Baltimore should definitely win this game. I really want to see the pedigree of the run game come back to Baltimore, which is what they are built uh, and predicated upon. And they should focus on that this week because it's a big one. You need to revamp your offense to what you used to be. I have no understanding of why you changed it, and it, it could cripple you down the road. But in this contest, I think Joe Burrow does show us what he truly is. He will make uh, believers of more who still are not. I'm a believer. I'm all in on this kid. I think he is the real deal. Baltimore wins that game in my opinion. Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars are up next. Houston favored by six points. New head coach Bill O'Brien. He is uh, well. new head coach taking over for Bill O'Brien, I should say, uh, as Bill O'Brien has been relieved of duties from head coaching, from being the general manager of this Houston Texans team. And I'm sorry, I don't wish anybody ill, but I mean, good God, it was time. Um, Bill O'Brien has done this Houston club a such a disservice, um, giving away draft picks, you know, trading away star talent, and not even being able to uh, put up the talent you have on the field in in the in the way it should be done. I still will go on record to believe that this Houston Texans offense is better than what they what they have been playing like, um, simply because, yes, their offensive line isn't great. Okay, that has always been the problem under Bill O'Brien, but you have Deshaun Watson. Okay, you have speed for days on this offense. I've said it week after week after week and continuously they don't provide. They don't show that speed on the field. You have guys like Brandon Cooks, you have Will Fuller, you have Kenny Stills. That is speed for days. Why aren't you using it? Do your air raid offense. Do the four wide out sets. Have David Johnson in the backfield, and if he's uh, covered up, you still have Randall Cobb coming out of the out of the slot. You can you can dump it off to DJ if the if the deep balls are covered. But this way, you now remove the stacked eight man boxes. There will be none because they will be terrified to get beat deep. All opposing defenses will. I really truly expect Romeo Cornell is the new head coach, and I truly expect him to work with his new offensive coordinator to iron out these ineffective. Efficiencies in this offense. I think we see a much better Houston offense this week um, um, than we have all season. I mean, zero four is is terrible for the Houston Texans, and I think uh, uh, when they're facing a team like the Jaguars, this is the right time uh, for this team to get back on track. If they don't do it in this game, then I mean, all bets are off. I, I'll be out because I mean, if you can't beat. One of the worst defenses in the entire league based on the skill that you have on the field. Um, uh, I'm, I'm out. I, I I won't say anything more positive about this Houston Texans team anymore uh, moving forward for the entire season. Will Fuller, I think, goes off in this contest. I think we see David Johnson come back to life. He may uh, come very close to the 100-yard rush uh, mark. I think this whole offense looks completely different in this game. I really, truly do. As for the Jaguars, I mean, they are they're, they are who they are. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he's a good uh, filler quarterback. This James Robinson looks like the real deal, the running back from uh, the Jaguars. Jaguars and of course you got uh, DJ Chark so I mean that's your top three in Jacksonville who you can play I mean against a leaky Houston defense as well um, do they compete in this contest I think they do I think uh, uh, the the Texans D is, is also subpar um, but that also comes with how poor the offense has played in Houston and it gives the defense no time to rest and they're gassed by the time we hit the third mid third quarter so I think we see a different tale different story this week for Houston I think it, it it becomes a lot more uh, entertaining, at least, uh, for the Texans fans because uh, what you've seen so far through four games is, is has been terrible. So I think the Texans win. I think they cover as well. Next game on the board is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. We have Kansas City favored at 12.5 points currently. And, I mean, okay. So the Super Bowl champs, they walk into Baltimore. They beat them. nobody has really tested them so far this season. I mean, the Baltimore game was the biggest one. Uh, Actually, I should, I should say that again is because the, the chargers actually gave them a run for their money as well. So, I mean, this season hasn't been as good as I had envisioned for the Chiefs offensively, defensively, but they've been playing very well. They're doing more than enough to win games. You do want to see that high-octane offense move up a little bit more. I think that's kind of where I'm at. That's maybe where my evaluation is at this point. By four weeks, I truly expected them to have their chemistry back at full bore. I mean, it's not like they lost a great deal of talent on this offense, so everything should have been very similar anyway. Um, the integration of Clyde edwards Hill. Um, in the past game is the is thing of beauty for fantasy owners. I mean, now he's getting the PPR uh, production, the PPR points, and that's what you wanted. Um, yes, his yards per carry are low, but I mean, that's to be expected. I think as he starts to continue to go, I mean, actually, no, his yards per carry, excuse me, are 4.2 weight. So you can't hate that whatsoever. Um, but he is getting a lot of work in the past game. And I think that is what is helping his cause. I mean, nobody can stack the line either on this chiefs team. So that's a big one also. I mean, as for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, I mean, he looks a little bit injured already. Um, didn't like his performance last week. Um, I mean, Darren Waller is looking like he's a little bit banged up. Also, Derek Carr, and and he's getting Henry Ruggs back, which is a positive. I think that's kind of where this offense is is dictated upon. You had Henry Ruggers, Ruggs being the deep threat, uh, that would pull all coverage away. And I mean, that is how these teams are built. I mean, if you watch these games, you will see that there was something missing last week uh, for the Raiders when they played the Bills. There was no uh threat of the deep ball. It was Nelson Aguilar. It was Zay Jones. I mean hunter uh, renfro i mean this is your offense that was all short passes and buffalo basically uh, sheltered it all in the middle of the field and they couldn't do anything deep now you get rugs back i don't know if brian edwards will return in this contest haven't seen word on him just yet um but you're gonna have to run the ball you're gonna have to control the clock it's gonna be damn hard against this chief's uh, offense because once they have the ball they're basically scoring touchdowns over field goals and and, and that's how the raiders could fall the uh, fall behind i mean I mean, if they're kicking field goals and Patrick Mahomes comes down and throws a touchdown, I mean, uh, that's basically your ball game. It's going to be touchdowns to field goals, and you're always going to fall behind. So, two and two Raiders, four and oh Chiefs. I don't see it. I think the Chiefs roll. They win this game big. Um,. Do I think they cover? If, if if Ruggs is back, I don't think they cover. I think that there will be enough in garbage time uh, to kill the spread, but the Chiefs definitely will win this contest. They will go to 5-0 and and face the Buffalo Bills in week six, which is going to be a glorious, glorious showdown. Arizona Cardinals and the New York Jets, the next one up. Um, this was the one I was talking about with the COVID problems. Jets have that false positive, so they are good to go. Uh, as of today, the Arizona Cardinals are minus seven. Sam Darnold is not playing in this contest. Old man Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback. This concerns me quite a bit. I mean, you have no ground attack. Frank Gore has tried his best. I mean, the, the years have already shown um, many years ago that he is not what he used to be. He's just holding on for. For dear life to keep himself in the show and now you bring a guy like uh, Nick or, excuse me Joe Flacco um, to throw the ball. I'm very concerned for this Jets club. I really don't understand how coach Adam Gay still has a job, still has employment because he is completely like Bill O'Brien in Houston. He's completely destroyed this club. I feel for you Jets fans because you deserve a lot better. They've ruined uh, Sam Darnold completely. Uh, the man's confidence is completely shattered. He was a prospect that should have been on a same tier as a guy like Josh Allen, uh, who is flourishing with great coaching and I mean you completely ruined Sam Darnold you're at the point where you can actually tank for uh, Trevor Lawrence in the upcoming draft and then you could ship Darnold away for draft picks because I know some other team would take him gladly and hopefully resurrect his career because as of today I don't like it. Le'Veon Bell is apparently coming off the IR soon. I don't think he will be able to suit up for this contest. Week 6 looks like to be his return um, but I mean when you're talking about receiving core what do they have left on the Jets? You had that kid Smith who played very well against the, the Bron Flacco is the week prior, and you still have Jamison Crowder. I'm a little bit worried about playing Crowder this week with Flacco. If it was Sam Darnold, absolute slam dunk. They are the the top connection on this Jets offense. Um, But when you start talking about the Cardinals, let's talk about the Cardinals now. This is the game that we see, and I truly believe we see Kenyon Drake explode. This is going to be like what we saw of Joe Mixon last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I truly want to see it. I believe it. I believe it's going to happen. Cliff Kingsbury has to change some stuff up. He's been figured out in four weeks. They are 2-2 two and two after starting 2-0, and oh, and I think this is all on him um, at this point. I'm a Kingsbury guy. I think he's a genius offensive mastermind. I really do. But he is not adjusting like he did last season. When you saw them lose a game, he would go back into the shop. He would he would iron out the inefficiency and he would put a different product on the field the following week. That's what he was doing with Kyler Murray in his rookie season. This year they lose one game. He didn't really uh, change much. They lose number two. I'm very curious to see how he comes out in this one. Kyler Murray has been uh, uh, stymied uh, uh, in the past game. He hasn't been as great as everyone wants to believe he has. The run has been very good. Um, um, but this is where I want to see that next step in Kyler Murray. He has DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he, this is your number one guy. He looked healthy coming out of the game last week. I saw the injury report that he is good to go this week as well, facing a Jets team that is is definitely... Uh shorthanded and hampered, and they will be taken and picked apart. I mean, but Kyler Murray has to really use his secondary pieces. I think that is the difference here. Larry Fitzgerald really isn't involved in this pass game. Same with Christian Kirk. Isabella has sprinkles from time to time, but I don't even understand why you're not using Kenyon Drake in this offense. Five receptions on the season in four games. Kenyon Andre can catch. I mean, this is part of the problem. So now it bodes to tell me, is this a Kyler Murray problem or is this a coaching problem? I will be watching this game very intently because it is week five, because I want to see the adjustments. I want to see how the Cardinals change up the system because this will tell a great deal. I mean, when Kyler runs the ball and he's scoring touchdowns off a scramble, it covers up a lot of inadequacy. He still has in the past game. I want to see that progression, natural progression of a quarterback of a player needs to take place week after week yes they will have down weeks yes they will regress some but you want to see that uplift a lot more than the regression not saying Kyler's regressing i'm not saying that whatsoever he's looking very poised and very sharp back there but you do want to see it in the past game a little bit more than him just scrambling and making plays because that can hurt you in the long run i think the cardinals roll i get i think they get back on track kenyon drake has a big game in this one Next one I have is the battle of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh got their bye a little early last week due to Tennessee's COVID problem. Now they are favored by a touchdown hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. This, this to me, doesn't appear to be a contest on paper, but as we know, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you know this, they always, always play down to their competition. I don't know what it is, if it's divine intervention or what the hell it is, But they always play down to their competition. And as it stands today, Philadelphia is not heavy competition for the Steelers. This game should be a whitewash, absolutely, and it won't be. Um, Simply because of how Pittsburgh does perform when they know the team is, is of lesser value. Um, this front 7 this defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers is extremely strong. I think they are going to feast on this uh Eagles offensive line who I have no faith in. Um, I feel sorry for them if you're a church goer go and pray for these guys because they will be picked apart um heavily on Sunday and and I literally literally feel sorry for them. Um when it comes to the Eagles I mean what do you what can you do? What can you really do? Again, injuries have completely decimated your your roster. Um, Um, You don't have viable receivers at this point. I, I don't know. I, I feel for you, Philly fans. The defense has been, I don't know. Uh, this team is is covering up a lot of problems right now with Carson Wentz. And, and and I feel for Carson Wentz because I believe he's a better quarterback than what he is showing on the field at the moment. But, I mean, he's doing the best with what he has at his disposal. Miles Sanders is your guy. I mean, he could be doing very well. I put him on my star, uh, my sit list this week. I, mean, I know, shocker, but I mean... I have no choice. I'm, I'm playing the safer role. If I got a better option than Miles Sanders, I'm, I'm putting Sanders on my bench this week. I just, I can't do it. I get it. I mean, Pittsburgh has given up, uh, uh, I, I believe I saw the stat was like 13 points to running backs already more than once, even though they're one of the best run defenses in the league. Um, it's all PPR points, definitely has to be. So uh, in my opinion, I'm not willing to risk it. I think that because of the lack of receivers they have on this offense, Sanders will be utilized in the pass game quite a bit, um, um, but it won't be near enough. I think Pittsburgh does win this game, but I don't think they cover. I don't. I think that playing down of the competition, I think Carson Wentz never given up, possibly wrecks the spread late. Um, but I still think Pittsburgh wins this game outright. Next game I have on the board is the LA Rams who played not so well last week going up against a Washington football team. We had news in Washington come out that uh, Dwayne Haskins is no longer the starting quarterback for this team. And I think that's, uh, I still don't know what to think about that actually. I, I sat back for a while and I, and I and I tried to put my thoughts together and, and Haskins comes off of one of his better games as a pro last week. But uh, of course they lose the game and and now you had to make a change, so I understand um, where Coach Ron Rivera is coming from because he wants to win. He wants to put wins in the in the win column. This NFC East is not very strong. Anybody can win this division, even going eight and eight and seven and nine potentially. So this is the thought process from Ron Rivera. Does Kyle Allen, the new starting quarterback, give you a better? Excuse me, give you a better shot? to win now and i think i think that's the guiding principle of why he did it I mean, Dwayne Haskins hasn't been horrible. I mean, let's give the kid a little bit of credit. 89 for 146, not terrible. 939 yards, four touchdowns, three picks for a rating of 80.3, okay? It's not great, but it's not horrible. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that there's there's not worse quarterbacks in the league at this point. So um, I don't hate it. I mean, I get it. The total yards is 30th right now. Passing is 27th, rushing is 30th. But let's take it there. I mean, your rush game, You're trying to figure this out with a converted wide receiver, Antonio Gibson, who has looked good. um, But, but you're not there. You're, you're a rebuilding club. You're trying to see what uh, you can improve upon the following year. I get it. The offense isn't great. Terry McLaurin is your star outside of that. You don't have a lot of receiving options. So, I mean, what can you what can you tell me that Kyle Allen is going to be able to do outside of what Haskins hasn't done? I mean, turn the ball over? Maybe maybe I can make that argument, but, I mean, uh, I'm not buying it to the point that you needed to bench Haskins after that game last week. If, if, if Haskins did another three uh, or four interception contest, then, yeah, I mean, change it up and see what you got with the next man up. But, I mean, it's not overly uh, – Uh, to that point that I thought you had to bench Haskins at this point. When it comes to the Rams, I was disappointed in their effort last week against the Giants. Uh, Maybe they played down. I mean, um, but you don't typically see this from a Sean McVay squad. Um, That's why I was kind of taken back by that because in games like that, Sean McVay and coaches like him, uh, like the Kyle Shanahan's, they like to tune up their team in games in in that degree. So when I saw what uh, what transpired, the lack of the uh, the run game wasn't there. The Giants were able to stymie that um, last week. You know, uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods weren't overly involved in that game to the point that you would take notice. The defense play they struggled. I mean, I'm going to say it straight out: the defense of the Rams struggled against the Giants, which was weird. Um, the The Giants were in that game basically down to the wire. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like their performance one bit. I fully expect them to come out a lot stronger again. More travel. They're 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 going to Washington this week. So I mean, west east travel always takes a toll on a club. Um. So I mean, we have the Rams sitting at what right now? Seven points. I think I took that spread only because Kyle Allen is the quarterback. Does he give them a lift to win? Yes but I do believe that he will make those mistakes as well from what we saw in uh, Carolina last season. So I will roll with the LA Rams this week in this contest. Next one I have is the Miami Dolphins taking travel to San Francisco. Nine points is the spread. We have good news for 49ers fans. Jimmy Garoppolo is set to come back. He has practiced all week at some capacity. I think they're going to take the shackles off and put him back in the game, which is great news for your pass attack. Raheem Mostert, I haven't heard cl- uh, confirmation. I think he is a question questionable tag at this point, but he looks like he could have some touches. Um, but I mean, you didn't really miss him. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, he has been your stud he's been playing extremely well fantasy football full ppr he's been getting over 20 points weekly at this point and i mean he's been an absolute stud no question about it so with jimmy garoppolo this gives me a lot of excitement for this club and i'll and i'll and i'll dissect it this way so we saw what brandon Ayuk, the youngster uh, the rookie he did last week kind of a little bit of a coming out party. I want to see a little bit more, but I think this is what Kyle Shanahan is planning on doing. So now you have Debo Samuel back from his injury. He got his feet wet last week, got a few more touches, looked a lot better, looked comfortable. And I think now this is where you pick teams apart. So you have a playmaker like uh, McKinnon who has been healthy. We didn't question the playmaking ability of of Jarek McKinnon. It was always the health risk. What is or when is he going to be back at full health? And now we're finally seeing it since his days in Minnesota. So now you have a playmaker like him, you have a a playmaker like Samuel, and a natural playmaker like Brandon Ayuk. And then you add them all up. I haven't even mentioned George Kittle. Now you have an offense that you can actually maneuver with. Teams will not know how you're going to attack or get attacked. So the difference is here I don't believe that Ayuk or Samuel can play that outside role with high proficiency. Um, I want to see it before I, 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 I sign off on it because at this point, for me, they are very similar products. They like to play the slot a little bit more. The difference is Ayuk is a fabulous uh, yak receiver, yards after catch, and he will make you miss like you, like you saw last week with that massive hurdle. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of where I'm going with this club. I can see multiple short yardage passes from Jimmy G, and, and I mean, that's his game. That's a good way to make him comfortable, that he doesn't doesn't have to do the deep pass all the time to uh, separate the defense. I think this is going to be a very exciting offense to watch. Coach Shanahan is uh, one of the top genius offensive play callers in this league. I've been saying it for years um, and and I mean he's going to exploit every part of this offense. The offensive line is still very strong so with a healthy Jimmy G I think you see a very different 49ers offense. You see a more efficient 49ers offense if they can actually be more efficient. I think they'll Be glorious. I'm so excited to see what they can do with all pieces in play Miami on the other hand I mean what can we say they're basically they're one in three Ryan Fitzpatrick is trying his best the run game isn't there Devonte Parker is your lone bright spot I mean Preston Williams hasn't really come back to, to uh, fruition like we had believed perhaps and I really do believe it I mean ACL injuries take a toll on the mind on these young guys and, and they're a little timid and I think that's kind of what we're seeing from Preston Williams um, do I believe he's fully healthy Sure. Sure, he doesn't look like he's lost a step or or worse for wear week after week at this point. But, I mean, at this point, I I don't know what you can say. He's got to rebuild that confidence. He's got to take take a couple shots. Perhaps it takes this entire season for him to gain that confidence because it's everything for football players. No question. They get hit like that. They lose a season, their knee, all that recovery, all that injury time, that coming back, all the training. It takes a toll on the mind. Um, So when it comes to Preston Williams, I mean, at at this point, I can't sign off and endorse on him either. Um, I still like the skill set. But I mean, as for Miami, it's nine points. I'm taking the 49ers to go hard on the fins to squish the fish this week. Next we have is a good one. Indianapolis going to get up against Cleveland. Both clubs are three and one. This game will be played in uh, the dog pound in Cleveland. Interesting matchup. I mean, um, not how I envisioned it. And admittedly, I mean, I've had to say it. Because I was extremely excited about Philip Rivers coming to Indianapolis. I thought he was going to basically make this offense very similarly to what it was in LA with the Chargers. I thought Keenan Allen would have, or T.Y. Hilton would have been like Keenan Allen. I thought uh, one of the tight ends, either Doyle or uh, Moali Cox, would be like uh, Hunter Henry. I believe that Naheem Hines would have been like Austin Eckler. I believe that Jonathan Taylor would have took the uh, Melvin Gordon role, and it has not happened happened. Very frustrating, especially with the fact that you have an offensive line that is one of the best in the entire NFL and you are not doing your best offensive outlook. I think that is so discouraging for this club. They are, however, being carried by this defense, which has been playing superb football. And I mean, if you don't know at this point, let me break it down for you. In total yards, defensively, number one, passing yards, number one, rushing yards, fourth, Points Number one, third down percentage, number one in the entire NFL. That's how good this Indianapolis Colts defense has been playing. I did see report that they will be without their star linebacker Darius Leonard. That's a huge blow to this defense, but I mean they have been playing extremely well defensively able to shut it down this is why i don't understand why it's not uh translating to the offensive side of the ball because you should with extra uh uh, possessions you should be able to exploit the inadequacy in the opposition and be that much better offensively has not occurred just yet. Still Phillip Rivers struggles to find T.Y. Hilton. Struggling to find his wide receivers. He seems to have chemistry with Zach Pascal. I don't understand why he can't uh, find T.Y. Drops have been there. Miss passes, miscues have been there as well. But the biggest concern I want to talk about with the Colts is Jonathan Taylor. It's already four weeks in. I totally expected a lot more than what we've seen. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great. And I think that is what's kind of turning me off. The 3.85 yards per carry is, is 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 dreadful for this guy it really is because and let me let me explain to you why so after watching the last two games over again I went back to watch the tape and 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 when you watch Jonathan Taylor run the ball he is a big man he's a big guy two over 220 230 pounds and he runs a 4-4 you should be able to be plowing over everyone and it looks like he's not even willing to to um, initiate contact he's not willing to take the punishment which is very strange for a guy his size you think that he'd be almost willing and wanting that punishment so that he can he can punish the other player coming at him has not really occurred yet his his ability in the past game has been good I mean and you can't question that but you've seen many times where Taylor takes the ball even on third and short and this has kind of been what has been another problem maybe that is also the issue why Phillip Rivers hasn't been able to develop the chemistry with his receiving core is that on third and one I've seen it many times on the last two weeks third and short third and two third and three you rush with Jonathan Taylor and he's basically running into the back of his line so the vision isn't there he's he's not bouncing it outside I don't know there's a lot maybe it's the rookie wall maybe he really just uh, he needs to up his NFL IQ a little bit he needs to be comfortable where he's seeing the hole and taking it and just bursting through it he's a one-cut downhill runner he's not going to be the guy that's going to juke you Of your pants. This is the pedigree of his game. This is what he was good at in Wisconsin. This is what he should be good at in the NFL. So I I I really want to see that growth uh, mature in these next five four weeks. As we as we already have the quarter of the season uh, uh, gone, I want to see the next four weeks. I want to see definitely coaching from Indianapolis, Frank Reich and company, telling this youngster what he needs to be doing, how he needs to be doing it, and then hopefully he can learn on the fly and 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 get more. uh, uh efficient with his carries when it comes to the cleveland browns i mean uh, you can't hate it you can't hate what they've done so far bad news they had was Nick Chubb he is on the IR um, knee injury MCL sprain his it was friendly fire his own teammate got uh, pushed into his knee rolled up on his knee and kind of hyperextended. extended uh, didn't look great um, but it was uh, said that it's a six-week injury which I found a little peculiar because an MCL typically is three to four weeks um, but we'll see I didn't see news of them putting him on long term IR the NFL did change that rule where you can actually call a, p- a player back after three weeks which is nice uh, they're not totally Totally gone for the season. Don't take up a roster spot. So um, when it comes to Nick Chubb, yes, he's gone. But you do have Kareem Hunt in the backfield. You have this kid, Dearness uh, Johnson, who will be the second fiddle to Kareem Hunt. And, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, I mentioned this on another show of mine uh, that Kareem Hunt is not – a downgrade by any stretch from Nick Chubb. We've seen it in Kansas city. When he was the lead back, he he was a top dog in the NFL in terms of rushing yards. And he will step in and, and, and take the shares of the work in the backfield in this run-heavy system, and he will flourish. No question about it. Baker Mayfield stats do look a lot more impressive at this point. 729 yards, seven touchdowns to so only two interceptions, and this is what Kevin Stefanski does. I'm going to keep repeating this until it falls off because, I mean, this is what they needed to do. The Cleveland Browns needed to be that run-heavy club. They needed to build Baker Mayfield into a better quarterback. He is a little bit uh, smaller back there, so he requires a lot more rollout bootlegs to find the open wide receivers. Odell Beckham finally had a big game last week in that, in that crazy showdown with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, do I see the same outcome from Odell this week? No. I think uh, I'm, I'm sitting Odell this week personally because I think Indianapolis' defense is just that good that we're going to see another subpar showing like we had uh, the previous weeks from Odell because I don't think Baker is going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot. I think the run game is going to be the guiding factor once again. Uh, Depending on how uh, Dearness Johnson plays, the Mayfield may have to throw a little bit more, and at this point we haven't seen him carry a team um, by himself just yet. So, I mean, that is something of a problem, and, I mean, uh, it needs to be fixed. But, I mean, again, you can't hate what Baker's been doing on the field. He's been something of a game manager at this point. I think that's a great role for him until he learns to to be that more efficient passer himself. This game is a one-point spread favoring the Colts. I think I I did take the Colts uh, uh, to win this game. Uh, The article was uh, released on Thursday, so get the point spread picks uh, on that article uh, on All Day Football's website. Next game we have is the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas coming off that defeat to those Cleveland Browns. in a rather terrible fashion, turnovers dictated terms, um, don't really like what's happening in Dallas right now. The defense is really bad um that i can't sugarcoat it anymore i wanted to say it a little differently but they are they're playing very bad and it's a big problem because you have one of the best offenses in the entire league dak prescott has been on fire i mean uh, jerry jones is either he's gonna have to pay this man which is gonna come at the sacrifice of that defense that much further so this is the problem that you, you created for yourself. Yes, Amari Cooper has been going off. He's been a reception pig, a target king. And, and you, you draft this kid, C.D. Lamb. You have Michael Gallup, who is now the afterthought in this offense. But you have a trio of wide receivers. You paid Amari Cooper $100 million. Now you have no money left for Dak Prescott. And all the money you have for him, you can't pay anybody on your defense. And you're getting gashed every single week now. This is a problem. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, I I, I I don't see how you get around this. I mean, are and you, you paid Zeke, obviously, and I mean rightfully so, one of the better running backs in the entire league as well. But this is the problem that you've created for yourself, Jerry Jones. You've made this, again, the problem. Your drafting needs to be that much better if you're going to improve this defense. And I mean... What else can you say? You're Either you're going to be scoring 40, 50 points every week to win these games, but you see what the Browns were able to do against them last week. They were able to run free on this Cowboys defense. And and I, I wonder, I really do wonder if this week the Giants can uh, keep it close. This is a good game for Dallas, 2-2. Again, tune-up. There's no other way I can put it. You're tuning up your uh, uh, insufficiencies on, on defense. This will be a tune-up for your offense. Even though the uh, New York Giants actually have been playing rather impressive on the defensive side, saw what they did to the Rams last week, um, I thought they would have been a lot worse uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't. Daniel Jones is the problem. I was, I was very nervous about him this season. A lot of people were willing to take him in fantasy football, believing they'd be playing from behind a lot and that's where all the production would come from i wasn't necessarily buying it i didn't hate the opinion but i wasn't buying it uh for myself i was definitely wasn't selling it um simply because uh, his his decision making in a brand new system new head coach new offensive coordinator um young quarterback second year in the league uh, just disastrous it, it's it's not a good look for this team um, when it comes to this game, they're going to Dallas. They're gonna play. Dallas wins this game, no question. I don't see Dallas uh letting up off the gas in this one at all. I think that uh um, they're gonna do everything in their power uh to cover the eight and a half points. I'm taking that eight and a half points at home. I think Dallas gets everything right offensively. Hopefully they can correct their turnover problems. Coach Mike McCarthy did speak of that as well. He is disgusted, is how he put it, I believe. So These are the types of things, if you're going to be a top team in the league, you need to do it on both sides of the ball. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are 1-3, if you can believe that. One of the best offenses in the entire league is a dreadful 1-3, so... I mean, what can you say? They're first in yards. They're first in passing. Uh, Tied for 23rd in rush yards. Okay. Points, they're third. So, I mean, this is Dallas. Dallas knows how to move this ball, but defensively, they really need to iron it out. Giants uh, will try early, but I don't think they keep up for much longer than that. Minnesota and Seattle, Sunday night football. This is going to be a glorious, glorious show. I was very critical on the Minnesota Vikings heading into the season simply because they got uh, destroyed in the free agent market, lost all their talent in the secondary. But the funny thing is, is that they've actually been playing very well the last two games. Um, Very surprising indeed. They're, They're still ranked one of the last in the NFL, but they didn't give up a lot of scores the last two weeks to make it that way. So that's kind of the transition I see. But when you look at both of these clubs, both of them don't play defense very well in the pass at all. Seattle's 32nd in the league, and Minnesota is 29th in defending the pass. So this bodes well for Every fantasy option you have for Seattle. This bodes extremely well for Adam Thielen and rookie Justin Jefferson. I think we see a big show when it comes to throwing the ball. I think Russell Wilson takes this one to the next level back at home. Yes, we did see a sidestep in Miami. But again, you have to understand uh, uh, west-east travel. And that's even like northwest to southeast going all the way to Miami. So, I mean, that's a long travel for them back at home in the comfortable confines of uh, their stadium. In their, in their own beds. I think this is this is where we see Russell Wilson explode again. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett I think have a brilliant day and subsequently I think on the reverse end, you see Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson have another big one. Um, we could see literally 45-42. I wouldn't be shocked one bit if that score comes to play. Jamal Adams is also not in this contest which is going to leave the uh, uh, Seahawks a little bit hamstrung at this point. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are 1-3 3 Seattle's 4 and 0 oh. Seattle uh not Seattle Minnesota excuse me I it's just interesting because do I believe they can compete in this contest? Yes. Do I believe they will win? No. Um, I I think Seattle's spread was six points. I took the spread to for Seattle to cover. But the only the only difference why I say that is because um Dalvin Cook could be literally the uh uh, difference maker, the X factor in this contest. If they can control the ground clock, the ground game and then control the clock, and if they don't turn the ball over, if Kirk Cousins is very efficient with this ball, they will compete. I think it could come down to the wire, it would be a very close game, but they're definitely gonna have to match score for score because Russell Wilson has has been lights out clear cut mvp candidate at this point lead dog i don't see josh allen potentially uh if he continues to play i mean you can you can throw him in there as well but i mean at this point it is russell wilson or bust i don't see anybody else taking it from him but we should see a fabulous show on sunday night i still think seattle takes it and takes it uh, uh with authority Monday Night Football. Moving on to the doubleheader, like I mentioned, because of COVID uh, issues for the New England Patriots. Their game has been flexed to Monday Night Football. This is the early one. We have a 5 p.m. Eastern time start. Denver and New England. No, Stephon Gilmore. I don't believe Cam's playing in this game. Haven't seen anything yet, so the line was a little bit different to me. I think we saw the 6 points, 7 points for the Patriots. I found that to be a little peculiar, simply because of how Brett Rippon played. Drew Locke is still injured. He is not going to play in this game, but I heard he's making progress to return potentially next week. But this Denver offense hasn't played poorly. You mean... Melvin Gordon, he's been playing admirably. You have uh, Tim Patrick, who's looking good, taking over for Cortland Sutton in that ex-receiver role. Jerry Judy finally got his first touchdown in the NFL. You have weapons, man. I get it. This New England Patriots defense is still very good. You lose Gilmore, that's a massive loss on that secondary. But now you're going to see kind of this, this battle of the, of the ground game because we saw Jared Statham come in. We saw Brian Hoyer play all weren't good I mean I believe Stidham would probably take the role Hoyer is it looks like he's washed for days he was turning the ball over looking bad taking sacks in the, in the most uh, unopportunic time I mean it, it was just terrible play by uh, Brian Hoyer but I think Stidham t- does take the starting role in this contest I think that Denver does compete I really do I mean outside of those interceptions uh, versus the Jets Brett Ripon played very well last week and I think that even if he does stumble a little Bit. I think this offense could move, and they're allowing uh, uh, this youngster, this young quarterback, the ability to just throw the ball because why not? What do you have to lose at this point? You've had so many injuries. You're one and three. Uh, the Patriots are two and two. This is a big game. If you have any shot of winning or uh, trying to get a wild card spot with the extra playoff bracket that the NFL added, this is the game that you need to win Denver. You know, as for New England, I mean, I think you're on life support at this point without Cam Newton. I think that you're going to have to run the ball extremely well. Also, and you're going to have to play a uh, very strong defense without Stefan Gilmore. Um, I literally could see a three point game in this one. Uh, the early matchup, it's going to be very interesting. The night game for Monday Night Football, a doubleheader, is the L.A. Chargers at the New Orleans Saints. Potentially Michael Thomas returns in this contest. Saints are favored by a touchdown as well. I like this matchup a lot. I'm more excited about this game than I am the early one simply because of uh, how high powered this game could be. Justin Herbert, I mean, we'll start there because I've been saying it all off season. You guys know this, you've been listening to the work. I've been saying this all off season. Tyrod Taylor was not the answer. You wanted to, to play Tyrod, and look what happened, okay? Yes, he did, unfortunately feel bad for him. He got punctured, lung by his own training staff, uh, <laughs> injecting a needle. That is the worst way to lose your job, but at this point, Anthony Lynn, he cannot turn a blind eye to what this youngster has been doing. Look what he did against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. He almost pulled out the win on the road. This week, he has another difficult test against the Saints. The Saints' defense is also hurting on the defensive side. Many players on the injury report, not sure if all of them will go. Janorius Jenkins and Mar- uh, Marshawn Lattimore were out last week. I won Wonder if they will return. Um, Michael Thomas supposedly is, is going to suit up in this contest as well, and of course, you know New Orleans has been riding the hand of uh, Alvin Kamara on the ground, and I mean. You lost Austin Eckler for the Chargers. That's a big blow to your offense. So now I really truly believe the game plan is going to change. You're going to see more Joshua Kelly, obviously, but the, the game plan is going to move towards now uh, Hunter Henry being that guy. If you go back to the Monday Night Football game that the New Orleans Saints lost to the LA Ra- or Las Vegas Raiders, it was all Darren Waller. This is the thing. If Anthony Lynn is smart, he goes back to that tape and he he figures out how to use Hunter Henry in the identical way because they were picked apart and I don't believe that uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins can cover a strong tight end like Hunter Henry either. Jenkins is definitely past his prime and he will struggle immensely. Um, what I want to see from Drew Brees, I want to see a better Drew Brees. Granted, the receiving core hasn't been great without Michael Thomas, his number one connection. Thomas, uh, Perhaps Thomas did cover up a lot of what Drew Brees. Um, doesn't do well anymore simply based on age uh, diminishing product and ability in his arm I mean that is very possible as well I mean Emmanuel Sanders looked better last week Traquan Smith looked very good last week so maybe we actually saw maybe that was a good thing that Michael Thomas left because now when he does come back there is some chemistry now with Traquan Smith that he can actually start distributing the ball more uh, to every direction and then making them more multi-dimensional which will only increase the skill of alvin Kamara that much more so i mean this game is going to be very interesting the the chargers defense has been playing very well uh amidst the fact that they don't have chris harris they don't have derwin james i think that's a phenomenal feat uh, without two of your best players on the back end i think that's great but i mean this game both teams they do give up lots of yards in the pass game we could also see a very good showing on monday night football to conclude the double header and then we will see on tuesday Tuesday like I said the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans 4 and 0 Bills Titans 3 and 0 they got the bye week because of covid Josh Allen is your man. This is what has been happening all season. I did the projections, and they are just ridiculous. Uh, at this point, going uh, obviously they're high projections because uh, they're not sustainable, but at this point, Josh Allen is looking to get uh, 5,300 total yards uh, on the season. He's looking to score 48 touchdowns through the air and only throw uh, under under eight interceptions. I believe it was six interceptions, and he's going to be able to support all three of his wide receivers, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley to 1,000-yard seasons. That's how good the Buffalo Bills have been playing offensively. Uh, Like I said, it's not sustainable, guaranteed. They won't be able to do all three uh, wide receivers at 1,000 yards. But, I mean, there's no question that Josh Allen continuing to play at this level is going to easily crack 4,000 yards this season. The run game is starting to finally come to fruition. Devin Singletary is the guy. I get it. You drafted Zach Moss. You wanted to see and and do this uh, multi-backfield with the two youngsters i just don't see it i don't see why you would do it i mean you you need to start spelling moss in for devin singletary but singletary is your guy he carried the ball 18 times last week looked very good doing it they've integrated the screen pass um more checkdowns to the uh, to the running back this is what opens up your offense outside of that stefan Diggs, i got to spend some time on this guy as well um I, I really, I'm a Bills fan, you guys know this, but again, it is uh fan talk is out of it. This is all analyst talk. And, and I was very, uh, I questioned the trade. When Buffalo and uh, GM Brandon Bean um, made the trade, I didn't hate the trade. I didn't hate what they gave up for Diggs. My question mark was attitude in Diggs. From everything you heard from Minnesota, everything about him being a diva, not a team player, locker room problem, He has completely embraced Buffalo, embraced Buffalo to the point that everyone loves him. He loves them. And it's showing on the field when you feel wanted. I think that was his biggest thing. He wanted to feel wanted. He wanted to feel like the superstar. And in my eyes, literally, Stefan Diggs is a superstar. He's absolutely sick on the field. He's making every play that has been asked of him. He's getting open. He's jumping over defensive backs, catching balls in midair he's doing everything that you asked him to do everything you wanted him to do in a true number one superstar wide receiver and Josh Allen is feeding him uh, on the regular and I mean that's just going to continue to keep him happy I think this Bills offense is absolutely phenomenal Um, if they continue to roll this way they're going to be very tough to beat like I said next week against the Kansas City Chiefs is going to tell me a giant tale of how far the Bills are away from competing for the Super Bowl because I think that is going to be the next conversation we have as the season continues. As for the Titans, they will be shorthanded. So many players on the COVID list. I really wonder who's even going to start in this game. The Bills are favored in this showing. um I, I, I'm taking the points. I think, uh, i what did I see? I can't even remember what I saw because the, the listing right now has it off because they're not sure if the game will play. I believe it was five or six points. I'm taking that simply because the Titans shouldn't have many weapons on the field whatsoever. Derrick Henry, if he does play, is going to. To be a big problem for the Bills' uh, front line, as that is another problem that they do have, uh, missing Star Lotulelei as he opted out in the in the beginning of the season due to the COVID opt out. That it's shown. I mean, his absence on that line has shown drastically in the run defense. Um, uh, but without talented wide receivers like AJ Brown he he will likely miss and uh, Corey Davis is sitting I mean Adam Humphreys is sitting I don't really know who you're going to have you have that uh, Khalif Raymond kid I think is there and it's going to be tough sledding for the Titans so I think Buffalo definitely comes away with this contest they go 5-0 and hopefully it plays no more positive tests like we were saying Uh, but I do want to see some refinement in the Bills defense as their passing defense which is surprisingly enough not been great this year so so we will watch out for that. But, I mean, that is week five. Hopefully, like I said, COVID doesn't interfere. Week five, we are moving forward with the NFL season. Things are going well. Hopefully, all the work that we've done uh, on the website, the waiver wire, the start sit, hopefully it's working for you. Hopefully, your teams are doing very well. Uh, we will continue down this path for the rest of the season. and am uh, thankful that you guys are on this journey with us. So, I mean, on that note, that is the show. Thanks for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. Give them a follow. To all the listeners, we truly appreciate all the support. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.